The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, it's Friday, y'all. Time for the Robert Scott Bell Show heading into the weekend. And you know what that means this weekend? Heading into Portland and then right after the show and then wherever we're going to end up across Columbia River in Washington State. A uh, big event happening, and you guys always can know about these events by either being uh, newsletter subscribers for free or just coming to robertscabell.com hitting the upcoming events tab and it's the great northwest awakening that's happening saturday tomorrow the 21st of october all day event uh, 10 a.m to 9 p.m and that's in ridgefield washington at the clark county event center i'll be there dr brian artis will be there and a whole lot of other awesome po- folks will be there it's going to be a great day of celebration of freedom so thank you to patriots united uh, in washington state for that patriots united wa.com this hour though first up questions of informed choice questions of philosophical and religious options to exempt you and your kids from what they call school vaccine mandates this is something man i've been covering for a long time Back when there was only one, two or three percent of us even questioning these these injections, uh, there was still uh, opportunity in most states for either religious or philosophical exemption. And there were always options, though never really engaged or very rarely engaged in medical exemptions. But considering the bias of the medical community for vaccines as sacrament in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, The question is, why would you ever think a doctor would provide for you uh, an exemption to a vaccine for you or your children? Now, I'm not saying it's never happened. And in fact, for those few in the medical profession that have provided them, they have been targeted for elimination by their own associations, trade groups, et cetera, including state boards of medicine, thanks to the legislature and governors, if you will, in various states like California and New York. They attempted to uh, wipe that out. The option in New Jersey, it was fought back. Of course, we've talked about states like Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, West Virginia, even. I think there, uh, there's there been a lawsuit to regain some form of religious or philosophical option. And, and when I talk about exemptions, I bring this point up that it's, it's kind of backwards. You, you know, it's kind of like fighting from behind or leading from behind. The fact that they say you have to exempt yourself out, you have to opt out of something means that they have somewhere, somehow, in some time opted you and your children into a system of pharmaceutical slavery. And if you think that's an exaggeration, the question must be asked, who owns you? Who owns your body? If they can say you must have this injected into you or your children must have these things injected in themselves in order to fill in the blank. We saw that in a massive way during the covid crazy few years we've just come out of sort of. If you want to have a job, if you want to go to school, if you want to engage in sports, if you want to travel, heck, if you want to enter a grocery store, even some health food stores, you have to get the shot, put on a mask on and on. So it begs the question. Who owns you? And in that 
assessment of you having to opt out or beg for, please let me opt out. It means the government has claimed ownership over you and your children. Now, the question is, how did that happen? That, that is a big question that can't be easily answered, or maybe it can be, but you won't like the answer to the question. At least in part, it's due to something called a contract of adhesion or contracts of adhesion. That is, contracts that you've entered into, even unbeknownst to you, entered into that mean more than you think they mean or that are not even necessary, but you've been programmed to believe that they are. And I brought this up over time because when I discovered this during my research back in the early 90s, maybe even late 80s a little bit, but early 90s, uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember that, I was uh, digging deep into some history of America and how we got to where we are. And part of you know the question was, why is it again I have to ask permission of the government to get married to the woman I love, my wife-to-be at that point? That was in 1994. And I look back in the history books and it was interesting. You never got a license to get married in America until after what they called the civil war was over. And do you know the only reason that you were required to ask permission of the government to get married was if you were a white person wanting to wear, marry a black person or vice versa, they would have to issue a, a special license, a permission slip to do that, which was otherwise still considered to be illegal interracial marriage. Now, how did they extend that? And I think that's wrong to have to ask permission for that, just to let you know if you're not clear on that. But how do they expand that into everybody who wants to get married has to ask permission of the government to get married? Why would I invite a vampire into my house? Why would I invite the government into a sacred, holy matrimony between me, my wife, and God? It's a spiritual or religious commitment. And so we elected not to. We, uh, you know, wrote in the family Bible, you know, this is how you used to do it. Births, deaths, major events, consecrations, bar mitzvahs, whatever you did, you would record them in your family Bible. And we did that. We put it on the record, a little covenant that we filed for each other. And this is our commitment. If anybody has a problem with it, it's on the record. And that starts, of course, when you ask for permission, you've invited the government into a holy matrimony or formerly holy sacred matrimony. And then they say, interestingly enough, in that contract of adhesion, if you begin to research all of the clauses and things that the fruits of the marriage can become wards of the state at the discretion of the state. In other words, if they don't like the way you're raising your kid. Religiously or otherwise, they can go, oh, that's our kid now. We're taking them in, putting them in foster care, whatever. And you see that not necessarily based on religious belief overtly, but a belief that violates the state-sanctioned religion of modern medicine. Let's say you don't want to vaccinate your kids. Let's say, God forbid, your child is diagnosed with a severe disease like a cancer, and you have done your homework, you've done your study, you are of faith in God, you're guided by God and spirit, and you're directed to go to a naturopath or a homeopath or, you know, make your own herbs for that, for that matter. And then you find out how fast the state has a state sanctioned religion that says, it claims that you violated that religion. Not, they won't call it that, but they'll say, we'll take your kids because you are neglecting them medically. Or in the case of what it really is, religiously, you haven't allowed us to inject them to drug them, to do all of those things. And when it comes to cancer, yeah, it's serious. I'm not taking it lightly, but there are numerous cures for cancer. Um, too numerous to mention in one segment. And we've covered many of them over the years on the Robert Scott Bell show. And you get to this uh, real realization that the worst thing you can do, according to the state, if you're married and you've asked permission is to 
take your children out of the medical church. The vaccine issue, which is the one we're primarily focusing on, focusing on where they say you have to opt out, beg, please, plead, plead, forget, please don't let, don't do it. And I would argue that if we were in our right minds and knew the history of America, we would never have to opt out. We would opt in because the government wouldn't claim ownership or assume ownership over us and our children. But then again, these sneaky little contracts on and on it goes from birth certificates to social security numbers and on and on it goes. I'm not going to go further into that right now. I've just got to set the stage here for, I think, a, a couple of amazing women who are battling for freedom in the state of Iowa for religious and spiritual and philosophical options to say, no, we don't want or need these injections. And even if you do want some and not others, you would have the freedom to make a fully informed decision about this. And it's probably about more than just shots. I mean, any kind of uh, medical intervention, you should have the option for fully informed consent. And this is part and parcel to why health, freedom, and healing liberty is the essence of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and everything extends from that. I wish I didn't have to hyphenate freedom or liberty, but acknowledging that we have degraded so far away from freedom, if you remember Dr. Benjamin Rush, medical doctor, physician to George Washington, signer of the Declaration of Independence, quoted to have said, unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, a time will come when... Medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing to one class of men and deny equal privileges or rights to others. All such laws are un-American, despotic, and have no place in a republic. That's a paraphrase. I think I'm pretty close to it. But the idea was maybe we should have put it in there, but it's not in there. The question is now, are we hosed? Or is the way to fight and claw back the freedom that we didn't even acknowledge, as Benjamin Rush did, said it would be important to state it on the record. Now, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution do not grant you a single right. They are restrictions on government that would normally, naturally, if you will, or unnaturally violate your rights. So it's not an exhaustive list of rights, the 10 amendments, first 10 amendments known as the Bill of Rights. But we're, we're again, we're fighting from behind now. We've lost the concept that sovereignty is with the people, not the government. And the government exists to protect the rights of those who are governed, right? In this sense, what does that mean? We'll get into that some more as well. So the group is called Informed Choice Iowa. There's an event coming up on the 28th of October. Save that date. It's only about a week or so away as we're on the 20th today. And there is a special discount that expires this very day. If you're listening or watching live on the Robert Scott Bell show to get the deal. But even if you, you can't get it in time, please show up there, support them, support yourself, your family and your kids and check out this event. Informchoiceiowa.com. Joining us now from informchoiceiowa.com, April O'Toole and Gabby Fissler. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell show. Hi. Hello. Wow. Well, you are like bright lights joining me on this. I feel like uh, man, the show just got a lot better looking. So thank you for that. I love the T-shirt and Form Choice Iowa. And I've got a lot of friends in Iowa. We have a lot of fans that listen to the show in Iowa. And I don't know who wants to go first to give us some backstory here. I try to set the stage on concepts of, you know, the, the, the freedom, the idea that we should ask permission to not get shot up as opposed to going, you guys got to 
give me an option to opt in if I want it as you know, so I think we're working from behind, but we still got to do work. Absolutely. So um, Informed Choice Iowa, we've been around for quite a while now. We're a true non uh, we're a nonprofit, true grassroots organization. This is started by a few moms that saw what was happening in California and went to our capital to advocate for vaccine safety, informed consent and to oppose mandates. So the last couple of years, we've really focused on COVID, like you said, but this year um, we're going back to the basics and getting look, uh, taking a deeper look at the uh, vaccine schedule, which is really where our organization got started. Gabby, how do you get connected? Yeah, I went to the first concert, uh, conference that they had five years ago and I couldn't help myself. I had to get involved and now I'm a member of the board and helping get the speakers lined up. And I talk to as many people as I can about what is going on with their children's medical decisions. Yeah, I wish I'd have known about it sooner. I'm gonna take my kids to go see Yes on the 28th. And uh, I don't know, you're old enough to remember that band, yeah. but uh, the kids appreciate the old music. So I'm, gr I'm grateful for that. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm also grateful that, that I learned about the danger of these injections before I had kids, before I even got married having been injured by the smallpox vaccine when I was a child and they don't give that anymore, thankfully, but they, they would, if they could get away with it. Uh, so the idea is here, can we stop this? What I would call pharmaceutical assault on the innocents. Uh, is there a way to push back? Cause many of the legislators, whether they be Democrat or even some Republicans uh, would, uh, you know, fall in line with this idea that we should mandate these vaccines and then maybe give occasionally an exception to the rule like you have exempted yourself in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the great thing about this organization is we actively engage with the legislators. Uh, we're at the Capitol quite often. Um, we're helping them draft legislation and we're educating them, which is the biggest part of it, because a lot has changed in the last 30 years around the vaccination schedule. And, you know, you hear the, well, I got the shots, it's okay. My grandparents got the shots and I'm okay. But, you know, getting back to those basics of what the conference is this year with the informed consent, there is way more shots on this schedule than what there were in 1986. And just educating the legislators so that way they can hear the stories of children that have gotten injured. They can hear the stories of even grown adults that have got HPV and Gardasil. And, you know, that's not informed consent either. It doesn't matter what age you are you know, informed consent should never go away. And actively engaging with those legislators is something that this organization does. And, and we don't care if you are, you know, Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever party you are, medical freedom shouldn't be a, a partisan issue. April, is this a controversial issue in the legislature of Iowa? Are they pushing back and saying you guys are a bunch of radical fringe anti-vaxxers or how's it going? Well, um, I would say that over the years, you know, more recently, we've been able to actually get um, because we spent so much time with the legislator. We've they, they know us by name now. We are there every year. We keep showing up. So I think that what we've done is that we've really gained some respect from those legislators. And, you know, when, when we first started going to um, speak with them, yes, we were getting a lot of anti-vaxxer messaging. And, um, you know, many of our legislators are doctors or retired uh, doctors or dentists, and they just don't have the information because the amount of education that they received when they were in medical or, or dental school is so very little. And so um, they just don't have the information and they were just kind of trusting what they were told. And 
Um, so yeah, we did get some pushback, but I feel like in the last couple of years, we've done a really good job to gain that respect and the trust of the legislators. They're starting to listen to us. And so I feel like we're gaining momentum every year. So what can you tell me about Iowa? Does it have religious, philosophical and medical exemption? What's, what's present still there? Yeah, we have um, a religious and a medical exemption. We don't have a philosophical, um, but you know, not a lot of people know about those exemptions because part of our Iowa law, there's subsection four, and that states that you can have a religious or medical exemption to attend school or a childcare facility that the state certifies, but they aren't regulated or they aren't, they don't legally have to tell you about that subsection. So a lot of times you'll see schools putting out documentation in the newspaper or on social media, especially around kindergarten roundup that your kids have to have their shots to go to school. If the school gets an audit from the county health and you're missing an uh, exemption or your vaccination form, you then get a nasty letter in the mail. I was just talking with a mom the other day. She called me and she said, what do I do? I, my kids have to keep going to school. I have until next Tuesday to do something. I said, well, just get a religious exemption form. There was not one mention of it at all in that letter from the school. And so we have both. We're very fortunate. Um, I don't I don't know about the medical ones as much. I haven't had a lot of people try to get them. The religious one is really easy. You don't have to have a note from a pastor or a minister. Mm -hmm. um, you just fill out the form. You go to a notary. They sign it. You give it to the school. I find that the medical exemption one is problematic because there are conflicts of interest with pediatricians and the vaccine issue. They are mm -hmm. being paid very well if they have a certain percentage in their uh, patient population that are getting fully vaccinated. So they're loath to, to hand these things out. Very rare is the pediatrician who doesn't care about that, you know, whether it's a $5,000 bonus, it could be as much as half a million or more a year, depending on the size of the pediatric uh, population, you know, within the, within their uh, mm -hmm. uh, practice. So uh, the religious exemption I find is fine, but some people are loath to use that because they're saying, well, I'm a Catholic, I'm a this, I'm a that, and there's no official stance uh, that says I can't get it and they'll push back on it. But at the same time, under the First Amendment, you don't have to justify your belief to anybody in government. And so many people are under the mistaken impression that they need like a pastor or a priest or somebody official to sign off on it. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that ties back into what you said at the beginning, like this is my God given right. Why should I even have to fill out this form in the first place to be able to have my kids go to school? And, you know, with the, the pediatricians, it's not only if they give out medical exemptions, but if they have too many patients in their facility, they won't get as much of a kickback from the insurance company either. And so that you can see some of those start to say, you you can't even be here at this doctor anymore because we don't want to lose money because, well, and you probably wouldn't be a good patient anyway because you're probably healthy and you wouldn't go to the doctor much. Right. right. Yeah, I've talked about well baby visits basically being, uh, you know, head circumference checks. So you can go to a hat maker and get that for mm -hmm. cheaper. Uh, and yeah. they won't they won't inject you. And I don't think they're using mercury anymore at the hat makers like they used to either. But there, you know, there are still mercury containing vaccines on the childhood schedule. They haven't removed it all. Even the ones they claim are mercury free may have some of the base metal, uh, let's say, components or let's say base components preserved with the Marisol, even if they don't add any extra at the end. And then you've got the aluminum adjuvants as well. And we've had Brian Hooker on from Children's Health Defense and others over the years talking about the amount of accumulated uh, metals, including the aluminum, as far exceeds the safe levels. And it, they're looking at us as if we're strange to want to opt out or exempt out. It's still, you know, when you were kind 
uh, April about the doctors that they just aren't informed. I'm just thinking, let's just call it like it is. They drank the Kool-Aid. You know, they they are they're, they're true believers based on you know poisoning of their minds. Now, I will acknowledge and we welcome here doctors that have indeed woken up from this horrible nightmare that they have been participating in. And if they repent sincerely, uh, you know, I'll forgive them, too. And many parents are willing to forgive them for not knowing. But if they continue to pretend that there's no potential for danger, injury or even death, uh, I, I don't know how they got qualified to be doctors other than that they're highly programmable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, luckily, you know, there was a silver lining to the pandemic and it did wake people up. You know, our our conference started five years ago with a few hundred people. Um, last year, we had almost 700 attend. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are just starting to dip their toes into understanding about the childhood vaccinations and what is all in them and waking up to the flu shot. And that's really why we've you know, focus back on the childhood schedule and brought in those speakers that can speak on that childhood vaccinations and and really just empowering the parents to make a decision and and get them educated so they're comfortable and confident with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the trend is in the right direction. I still don't think we're going far enough. I mean, but I'm always an idealist and I like to push it to, to where it needs to go ultimately, where there are no mandates that you have to exempt from. If you want a vaccine for your child, you have the freedom if you want to go get it. But it's not about, you know, a requirement from government, which also has conflicts of interest because of the money involved in owning and controlling our regulatory agencies and public health departments, et cetera. Uh, There are no clean hands for those that have been promoting vaccines for now generations. But even today, we're still seeing messages uh, every day in the news media coming from government uh, government sponsored organizations promoting the use of these things, even for women who are pregnant. Mm hmm. Yeah, and there's no safety studies around the pregnancy of it at all. They just say, yep, go ahead and do it, which is pretty much the, you know, kind of the greenwash they do to all of them. And yeah, that, especially with the COVID one, I mean, the the number of, when you actually look at the safety studies that they did do and all the things that happened, I don't know how anyone in their right mind could say, yeah, a, a, a pregnant woman should get this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the, there haven't been any studies either. So they, they continue to add uh, vaccines to the schedule all the time. Um, in Iowa, luckily, we uh, our governor said the COVID vaccine would not be added to our schedule. So that is not a part of the vaccine schedule in Iowa. But many mm-hmm. states did have that added. Um, and as they continue to add vaccine after vaccine, these new vaccines are not tested um, given with the other vaccines that are already on the schedule. So there's no history or there's no knowledge of what could happen when those continue to be added on. So when you hear the the pushback from um, the older generation saying, well, you know, I I didn't have any problems getting my vaccines and neither did my kids. Well, the number went from four to 10 to now over 70 vaccines in the schedule. No one else besides, you know, our children have actually had experiences of having that many vaccines in their system. So, you know, they don't really have the information. It's very different now than it was, um, you know, even 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So what kind of things will people learn at the Informed Choice Iowa event. I see on the page here, and we have it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. If anybody would like to attend, are there still tickets available for for first question? Yes? Yes. Yep, tickets are still available. Like I said, we have the early bird pricing until Friday, and then tickets go up to $129 after that. So make sure you try and get those tickets today. Today, Um, yes, yes. Yep, today. And, And can people come from out of Iowa to be at this event? 
Absolutely. Yeah, we welcome and we often have people from other states coming to our events. So we welcome people to come from wherever they're coming from. Yeah. So it looks like uh, we have uh, attorney Kim Mack Rosenberg, who I've interviewed, and Del Bigtree is a friend, interviewed him and been on his show as well. Jody Mischuk and Dr. Shannon Kraut as well. Tell me about the, the lineup here. Yeah, so um, Jody Meshik is from Colorado. Uh, she has an amazing story about her son. He was vaccine injured, and she has done all sorts of different protocols and is now an autism turnaround expert. So she has healed her son of his autism. Um, she's an herbalist. Uh, she's also an aromatherapist. Um, and she, she has a great Warrior Center page where she has a ton of information on just healthy living, um, around the the vaccine um, autism turnaround as well and I think her story is just so great she's never been to Iowa before she's used to the cold weather because of Colorado but I'm really excited that she gets to come speak to us for the first time on her trip to Iowa and and I'd, I'd bring the Kleenexes for this one because her story is very moving it's and she's also fun to listen to so you're gonna laugh and cry at the same time um, listening to Jody so and then, like I'll have to get her on my show that's yes, sure. you definitely should. Yeah, she's she's flying right now to Hawaii to go do some stuff there. And so she's flying from Hawaii to Iowa to speak at our conference and then wow. back home to Colorado. That's, so. that's hardcore dedication. And you guys are going to be in Des Moines at the Holiday Inn Airport Conference Center. And again, that's October 28th. It's uh, it looks like a, a day long event. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like eight in the morning. The doors open until 6 p.m. And we'll talk more about uh, some other folks here. Uh, Dr. Shannon Kraut, April, uh, again, you want to add anything into that? Yeah. So, yep, our doors open at 8 a.m. We'll begin about 8.45. Um, and don't be scared. The conference will end, you know, between 5 and 6. So if you have plans to go to a costume party, you can still come to the conference and make your costume party. So that should be good. Oh, it's a Halloween weekend, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, that's all right. Well, tell me about Dr. Shannon Kraut, who's speaking as well. Yeah, so she's originally from Trenton, Ohio, and she went to school at the Des Moines University of Osteopathic Medicine, and then she also became a teacher there. Um, and so she was doing that, and then during the pandemic, she was looking around realizing that doctors weren't doing what doctors should be doing, and she decided to start her own practice. So that is in West Des Moines. It's called Whole Person Wellness. Um, and then we got connected with Dr. Shannon through Physicians for Informed Consent. And so when she was you know, starting her practice and getting out of teaching, she was looking around going, I, I can't relate to any of these doctors anymore. Who, this isn't what the oath that I took to serve and protect and help people be healthy. And so she joined Physicians for Informed Consent. And that's what she's going to be talking to our audience about is knowing what is informed consent? How do you ask for it? And what happens if you don't get informed consent? Because it can be scary when you're in that um, doctor's office, especially if you're a first time mom and they have the shots laid out on the table and they just say, here's this piece of paper, you have mm -hmm. to do this. And you know, you can leave those appointments and you don't have to go back. So yes. I think that's what she's gonna talk to us about. Well, stepping up and, and, and not being intimidated by their authoritarian ways, that's an important part. You know, when you have that gut intuition to protect your child, many of the women that I've interviewed, particularly the moms and some dads, but a lot of the moms were intimidated by these doctors, these uh, pediatricians into getting the shot that there's something in them, that mother's intuition, that connection to God and spirit is saying, you know, this is not good. Don't do it. And then they were overwhelmed by that authoritarian uh, doctor. And uh, that has to stop. I mean, they are no more divinely connected than any of us are in terms of our, our relationship with 
with God. In fact, many of them, I believe, are atheistic in the way they treat children as basic, you know, numbers for profit that they'll inject toxic poisons into. And I don't have a lot of respect for that. I'm in, quite in, ashamed and embarrassed for these doctors that are still engaging in this behavior. Sounds like just like uh, the doctor that's come in to speak, you know, uh, Dr. Shannon Crouch, she was probably looking at it going, there, there's something so wrong with this. I got to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And and that's the great thing about Physicians for Informed Consent is it put her in a network of physicians that have woke up to what is happening and she's able to connect with them and and help spread some more information on that. So we're really excited to have her coming and she's local. So she just has to drive about 20 minutes across town. Ah, very good. Yeah. Uh, the idea of informed consent is not just giving you information and then you taking it. What if you're given all the information and you go, don't like it, not gonna do it. There are many that have a perception of informed consent is all we have to do is give you information and then you have to get the shot. So you can't say no. That's not informed consent. That's being informed, but consent means you have the freedom without penalty to say no. And I don't know if people realize that or if maybe the legislators you're working with have have a, a, a partial uh, understanding of what informed consent is. Maybe you want to go into that a little bit more here for this audience. Yeah. April, do you want to go? Or you want me to? Yeah, no, I can go. So um, we have been talking to our doctor or our, our legislators about this because what we're finding is that, you know, when a mom takes her child into the doctor's office, you get this little, you know, one, one page sheet that tells a little bit about the shot and some of the uh, side effects that might happen. Um, but really, if you would take the full uh, vaccine insert that comes with the vaccine that that child is going to be getting, you stretch it out and you can't even hold it in your arms. It's so big. There's a lot more information than goes into that one page sheet. So we feel that informed consent is not really being given when there's just very little information. And some of the side effects are, you know, a temperature, maybe fussy. Um, and then they're telling, you know, moms to give them some Tylenol before they come. So that will help with, with the pain that they'll get from their arm. Um, and when moms are saying no, many of us, including myself, we were kicked out of our practices. And so we're very thankful to have doctors like Shannon Kraut that are opening practices in the Des Moines area to give people options to be able to go and you know get their informed consent and make their decisions and not have that held against them and still be able to have, you know, be a part of that practice. Mm. Yeah, there's so much uh, information education that's been withheld from us while the education we got was more akin to what I would call indoctrination and um, not something that would, let's say, instigate a lot of critical thinking, although it should, because it seems to be more oriented toward frightening people into compliance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many people have learned over the COVID crazy years we've, we've gone through, one of the most powerful weapons we have is our consent in withdrawing it. And the statement, do not comply, has been expanded to a lot of other people that, it, that were always, you know, good little citizens and did what they were told and ended up harmed or their children are harmed by it because those in government or medicine told them they had to do it when they in fact didn't. As you point out in Iowa, they, they, there are exemptions and they really don't let you know about them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's where this conference is so important and, you know, following us on social media, liking our newsletter to stay engaged and coming to the Capitol too. And, you know, making sure our legislators know that this is a priority to Iowans and this isn't something that we're just going to back down and roll over from. And, you know, like April said earlier, 
you know, we had a legislator write a bill before they even came out with the vaccine or when they were starting to said, you won't mandate this in Iowa schools. And so it's great to have them be forward thinking and really focusing on some of these issues. Great. So you guys are feeling a little bit positive now. I, I, I always think, well, let's not get cocky, too, because we get a little, <laughs> a little one little victory. And we're so happy in the midst of many, many times we've attempted to have this happen. And we, we you know, we fail miserably or we're shut down and, and shouted down all of that. And so we get a little bit of victory, like, for instance, post covid crazy. We're like, oh, they're not making us wear masks. They're not making us get the shot so we can still. And suddenly it's back because we didn't take advantage of that opportunity to push farther and farther for freedom so that the next generations, our kids, their kids don't have to do this. And they may, certainly they will, if we don't take this battle on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the great thing about Dell victory speaking is he definitely gets you fired up to go and fight that battle. I mean, that man mm-hmm. gets on the stage and you are just so energized and he is just so He's just a great speaker, and this is the third time he'll be back at our conference. And for those that don't know who Dell Bigtree is, you know, he hosts the High Wire every Thursday. He has hundreds of millions of viewers after being kicked off platforms. He has the Informed Consent Action Network, and their lawsuits are just really doing some good things for us and, and just for everyone in the nation. So we're excited to have Dell back, and um, he's definitely worth sticking around for that 5 o'clock hour so. You know, maybe bring your Halloween costume with you. We don't care if you put it on. Probably don't wear a mask. Those. <laughs> yes. And we feel like coming off of COVID, you know, everyone's been able to take a little bit of a breath. But we also feel like we're in the calm before the storm. So like WHO is really pushing hard to take over our entire health system. And we want to make sure that we have protections in place so that does not happen. April, did you ever feel like you were going to grow up to be a warrior and an activist? Is that something that was part of your normal thought form growing up? Absolutely not. And no one in my family was really very politically active, um, not involved in anything like like that I'm involved in. So, yeah, I, I never thought that I would be involved in something like this, but it's been great. I've met some great people. The information I've been able to take in to make choices for myself and my family has been wonderful. How do you think your kids are viewing you now as not just mom and what they're witnessing? Uh, Has that been a, do you think overall a positive thing that they can look forward to in their life growing up to being engaged as opposed to just kind of, you know, letting things happen to them? Absolutely. I mean, I'm always telling them, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to the Capitol, advocate for medical freedom. Um, You know, I talk to them about um, choices. And, you know, when we came to vaccines, I let my kids make their choices and I just gave them information. And, um, you know, now my oldest is 20 and she calls me up and says, Mom, I've got this going on. Like, what natural remedies do you have for me? I don't want to have to go to the doctor. So it's definitely rubbed off on my kids. And um, so it's been great. Yeah, you've been a living example for them. That that tells me a lot at 20 when they're calling you as opposed to rejecting you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is another message I have as a parent as well, that if they go to public school and even a lot of private schools, you have to deprogram them from things you have no idea they're learning. It's not all good. A lot of it's crazy and uh, disempowering to these kids, trying to confuse them and uh, often tell them to rebel against their parents. And I don't I don't mean when, you know, something's really horrible or wrong. I mean, just rebel because uh, they want the state to become their authority. Uh, Gabby, have you always been a warrior activist? Um, yeah, I was. I like to say I was one of those weird oily kids growing up before essential oils were cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my parents owned a small business and my mom took me to the Capitol and I was little. I was down there advocating for the bottle bill. 
um, to try to get, you know, that to be five to six cents and stuff. So that's always kind of been in there. Um, I, I wasn't as vocal about it at first because, you know, being a new mom and living, my community is only about 1200 people. And so, you know, it's, it's hard to speak out sometimes, but COVID really made me just take that filter off because it, there's no way you couldn't not talk during that time if you had any idea. And now it, it's really interesting, the people that reach out, I'll post stuff on Facebook and I notice that more in my story, someone will like it. So they don't really quite want people to know that they're kind of down this path too. Um, but it, it just opens a lot of conversations that I did not think I would have by just posting the simplest things and getting people engaged in talking and, and making them feel more comfortable with having these conversations. So yeah, my daughter goes to the Capitol with me now. Um, a few weeks ago, we were in the parking lot and uh, someone from town was there with their Jeep and their dog was in it. And she was petting the dog and she asked what the collars were and the tags. And, and the woman's like, oh, well, the dog has to get shots just like you. And she looked, my daughter looks at the woman and goes, I don't have any shots. Like, what are you talking about? Kids don't get shots. So, awesome. you know, that's... And yeah, I mean, it, it didn't take her a second to think about it, but mm -hmm. I tell her that there's toxins in them and that they aren't healthy. And, you know, it's everyone's choice to do them and, you know, they can do what they want. But, you know, you brought up moms and dads and that's something from the first conference to now. We have seen such an increase in men coming and it is so great to see it not just be the moms fighting for this anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask that very question. I'm encouraged you jumped on it. Where are the dads? I've asked that for a lot of years. Where are the warrior dads? Why is it only the moms doing this? And uh, I'm 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 wondering if they were more supportive of authoritarian doctors than the moms when the moms woke up and they're like, "Is this real? Is this really happening?" And what does it take to get the dads involved to see and hear from their wives, the moms of the the kids that that you know these doctors, you know, even if they mean well, they're bringing devastation and injury and sometimes death through the shots that they believe in more with a religious fervor, fervor than a scientific basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like we got a lot more dads involved during COVID when some of their places of, of work were, you know, coming in and forcing them to mask. They were trying to get them to take the COVID vaccination over their, you know, choice. And so I think that really woke up some of the dads to see like, oh, like this is, this is affecting me now. Like I need to get involved because this isn't just, you know, signing a form for my kids to not have to get vaccinations for school. This is going to affect me and my business and my choices. Hmm. Yeah. Well, again, it's a good sign. The dads are getting engaged and unfortunately it takes what it takes for each and every individual. Not everybody's ready to hear this, but more people than ever, including those in the physician and nursing community. And it just seemingly that the nature of humans is that we have to have tragedy to wake us up. And, you know, even though it wasn't as, uh, tumultuous in a, in a broad-based immediate sense, you know, with, with what we went, went through with COVID, there were certainly a series of series of series of injuries over a lot of years, decades, in fact, that were was met with, as I said, derision and name-calling and, you know, rather than listening to the moms who knew their children better than anybody, better than the doctors, when they said, hey, there's something wrong here after the well-baby visit, and therefore we need to have more information so we can make better informed or fully informed choices and that's what you guys are doing and if uh, i can remind everybody real quick here uh informedchoiceiowa.com 
the big event coming up, if you're listening live on the 20th, it's a Friday heading into the weekend, the 21st, where I'll be at an event. But the 28th is the next big event, and this is happening in Des Moines, Iowa. And you can see the, the attorney Kim Mack-Rosenberg, Jody Meschuk, and Del Bigtree, and Dr. Shannon Kraut, primary speakers. But plus, what's great about these events is you get to engage and talk to moms and dads from all over the state, maybe all over the country that will be coming in. And you can share stories. You can become I think strengthened by the interaction, what you learn, what you teach, even beyond those who are giving presentations at that event, uh, the social time you make friends and maybe you make family. Like uh, you had no idea there were so many people aligned with you and your belief system based on, for some of us, uh, tragedies. For some of us, we woke up and it, thankfully it wasn't. And uh, But whatever, it's time to come together and help one another and support one another and say, you know, you're not alone. I got your back. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with my story. I know when I came to the first conference, I knew my mom and my sister. And now I go to these events. I know so many people and I'm in the board. I'm at the Capitol. You know, we engage with legislators and it is so much more empowering to know that you aren't the only one thinking this and going into the doctor's office and having these conversations. And it just makes you a lot stronger and a lot more confident in in all of this when you get this education. Beautifully said, and I'm so thrilled that you guys are doing that. I wish I could be there with you. I have other events going on, but maybe next year I can join you at that event. Sounds like it's growing and it's uh, done really well. And I know, again, we have a lot of fans and, and, and viewers and listeners in Iowa. We hear from them all of the time. And I certainly appreciate that there's a spirit of freedom that is emerging in the Midwest there, the heart of Monsanto territory from the, <laughs> the history of you know the Midwest in America, all the GMO corn and everything else. And uh, can we wake up from all the toxicity in addition to those, those that are injected? Uh, is there a discussion among the families that come there about food and food quality issues or is it only focused on informed consent for vaccines? Yeah, so our conference is mostly focused on informed consent, um, but that's definitely a general thread, a theme amongst quite a few of the attendees. Um, one of our sponsors is an organic regenerative farmer. So from the nice. vendor level, you see a lot of that. Um, but the topic of the conference is really focused on informed consent. But, you know, you can network and meet all sorts of different people as well as vendors that, you know, are outside of your traditional medicine. We have chiropractors, um, uh, natural paths, all sorts of different vendors there. That's part of the fun, too. Yeah, exactly. You get to hear some good talks and things, but you get to find out products and services that are there that you might not have encountered had you not come to the event as well. So um, that's good that you make that available. Now, how about kids? Is it a, a family friendly event? I mean, obviously, it's family focused, but sometimes it's hard to do talks when kids get restless and such. Do you have a, a place where kids can go? What, tell me a little bit about that. Well, we just kind of let parents know that if they want to bring their kids, you know, it is going to be a long day and there's a lot of sitting. So you just kind of got to gauge your child, their age and their developmental level to see mm -hmm. if that's a good idea for you to bring them. Um, there is, um, you know, an area in the, out where the, by the vendors where parents could take a break with their kids if they need to. But it's it's basically up to the parents. They need to decide if, if that's going to be a good place for them to, to have their kids. If they're older kids, they're probably going to be able to sit a little bit longer and might be a better fit for them. Okay. And is there a place where there's decent, available, clean food from a vendor or a food truck or an area around Des Moines where there's, uh, you know, families maybe coming from out of town, they want to eat well? Yeah. Yeah. We're actually providing lunch. So that'll be a part of the ticket as well as a t-shirt comes with your, your ticket price. And, um, there will be, um, 
there's other restaurants and things around the area. It's right by the airport, the hotel is. So there's a lot of restaurants and things right there just because of the, the proximity to the airport. So there'll be lots of options. But like I said, we do provide um, a healthy lunch option. So uh, they'll be able to get that while they're there. Okay. And I imagine there's a point where you won't be able to sell more tickets when it sells out, correct? There's a number that you can max out at. Well, if we do have a big surge, we can expand the ballroom a little bit bigger. Okay. So, I mean, do definitely do not hesitate. And if you want to show up that day, you are more than welcome to come the day of the conference. Okay. So you can buy tickets last minute, but Hey, today is the day, the deadline Friday, the 20th to get the early bird special, right? So if you're hearing this live or shortly thereafter, and it's still Friday, the 20th, jump on that. And regardless if you can't, I'm sure that you guys put in the money you get to good use, not only to pay for the facility, but hopefully to advocate more in Iowa for informed choice. Yep. We yeah. have a couple lobby days at the, at the Capitol. So I am going to just give a warning. My phone might die. So if I pop off the call, I apologize. That's all right. We, we can wrap up. I just wanted to make sure I got enough information for everybody in this audience to know about what you're doing, how to plug in and uh, that there are tickets available and, you know, it's, it sounds like a very worthwhile event to attend. Uh, April, have, have anything else you want to share with the audience? Yes, actually, I do. We actually have sweetened the deal, and there's still a chance to get a DVD set of a previous conference with your ticket purchase. So we have about 50 of those left. So the next 50 people to buy tickets will be getting um, a DVD set. Those will be available for them for pickup at the conference. Oh, I like those bonuses. That's fun. All right, so informedchoiceiowa.com slash 2023 conference. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. April O'Toole and Gabby Fistler, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing there. Wish I could join you, but I know it's going to be great. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. You got it. You're very welcome. I, I love and appreciate folks that are willing to step up and protect those kids and themselves. And, um, you know, granted, many of us didn't know what we didn't know when we didn't know it, which means you now have an obligation once you do know to do something better, different, warn others. And, of course, protect your family. And that's what they're doing with Informed Choice Iowa. So, again, thanks to to April and Gabby for being on board today on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I got more uh, commentary. There's a story here about children and fatty liver disease. I'm like, children and fatty liver disease? You got to be kidding me. No, say it isn't so. Uh, there's an article here. It says exactly that, that fatty liver disease is surging among children. I... Yeah, I almost have no words, but I have plenty of words on this topic because, you know, my starting point in my health journey at the age of 24 was that I indeed had a congested liver. It wasn't ever officially diagnosed as fatty liver disease, but I was certainly stressed because I was raised on pharmaceutical food. What I mean by that? Food that is not grown organically in a natural way or setting, but synthetically, pharmaceutically, and or with loaded with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. It isn't that these kids arguably are drinking a lot of beer and wine and liquor. There's no evidence that that's going on here in this article. But what is happening that a child would suffer from fatty liver disease? Now, by the way, we're partway through pretty much October here, and it is National Liver Awareness Month. I had no idea. You know, I can't keep up with this. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, all of these things. Now, the question is, when you have awareness about liver disease, what do you have? You have toxic poisons that are damaging to the liver. They don't have a lot of drugs for the liver. Even the hepatitis C so-called drugs are devastating for the liver long term. 
And um, this is impacting apparently 80 to 100 million Americans, up to 75% of overweight people with more than 90% of people with severe obesity have fatty liver disease. But the alarming thing in this article they're saying an estimated 5 to 10% of all children in the U.S. have non-alcoholic, pediatric, they call it liver disease, indicating it's as common as asthma in children. Now, I would say that it's related to asthma because anytime you have a congested and intoxicated liver, it impacts every organ and organ system in the body, including the lungs, including the kidneys, including the pancreas, including the brain including the, you know, the, the rest of the digestive system, the intestinal tract, et cetera. And so if we look at kids with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and we don't ask the first question, mom, dad, what are you feeding them? Uh, then, you know, you have another la- layer of irresponsibility among the medical monopoly class, pediatricians especially. How many pediatricians ask the question, are your kids eating organically grown food? Are your kids drinking clean, purified water or echo water? If you get the hydrogen in, it's even better. Are your kids getting exercise? Are they getting sunlight? Uh, Are they sleeping well enough? These are basic questions. But then the other questions is, are they on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that are harmful to the liver? Are these kids on antibiotics of the month? Are these kids on psychiatric medications, ADHD drugs? Name the class of drugs that they're putting kids on. And I will tell you without fail, without question, they are all varying degree. They all have varying degrees of toxicity for the liver on top of the food that is grown with pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, genetically engineered, devoid of vitamins, minerals, or trace minerals like selenium and chromium and magnesium and copper, right? How many of these kids are eating liver? from grass-fed, clean animals? These are the questions I have, and they're not likely to be answered in a, in a, a real way that is helpful to the parents that are trying to figure out, well, why the 5 to 10% of all children in the U.S. showing fatty liver disease? It's fascinating and disgusting all at the same time. Super Don, open up your mic. I see you're there still. Uh, we are cranking it up and heading into the weekend. we still got a whole other hour after this. I'm not here. You're not. I see please, you. Please leave a message at the beep. I can't do it, Captain. Sorry. Okay. So, no, it's okay. Uh, I think that, like we talked about arthritis the other day on the show, this is another one of those things where I just can lay it out so simply so you understand that fatty liver disease in a child is not a genetic issue. It's a dietary issue. It's an environmental exposure issue. It's not like these kids are you know drinking and smoking. That's not what this thing is saying. Well, you know, dietary changes, right? Uh, obesity is more of a problem we're seeing in the younger younger people, mm-hmm. um, especially over the last three years. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah you know, the, this the stupid pandemic crap uh, is just the gift that keeps on giving, right? It seems, you know. So you've got a you know a lack of physical activity. Kids weren't out, you know, playing at recess and doing stuff like they could, couldn't go outside. Because they were going to kill somebody if they did, and they breathed yeah. on somebody, right? Um, you know, environment. You know, all, all that stuff. The food, the, the inv- other environmental factors. Um, it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy to see kids getting what used to be considered adult diseases. Yeah, you know, it all it all started with the diabetes, right? 
Well, and remember, now it's just car. You know, I said that I was the canary in the coal mine of my generation, and to see it transformed into everyday regular diagnoses. Um, this they're saying that the the rate of this liver disease in children has gone up by a factor two. It's, it's more than doubled in the yeah. last few yeah. years. Yeah, four years between 2017 and 2021, and transplants among adolescents and kids. 25% increase over the past decade. Transplants for kids. You know, I be blunt, say what the hell is going on. We're poisoning the people of planet Earth and the kids that are being born today can least afford because generationally there's been a decline as we see deficiencies and toxicity increase. And so, um, you know, what would I do? You know, when we do these homeopathic hits, remember occasionally I'll hit a remedy that has a benefit to the liver or the kidneys or the colon. All of these things could be considered safe, safest form of medicine for kids. Yes, there are herbs that you can give them that are safe for them too. There are, um, you know, various minerals that are important at any age, especially in children and copper being one of the key ones. Interestingly enough, copper in the growth for kids, copper is more important weight, you know, you know, per weight basis than adults. And copper is critical for phase one liver detoxification pathways. Once again, supporting the liver. Selenium, you always bring that up, Super Donnie. You're right. Selenium plays a huge role. Chromium does as well. Most of the food these kids are eating are devoid of these minerals, or if they're there, they're barely there. Certainly not enough to be functionally supportive at the level to which we're seeing we need to help these kids. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty crazy. I uh, I just grabbed a list of diseases that kids are getting that used to be considered adult diseases. Yeah. Uh, and the list that popped up here, type 2 diabetes, we knew about that. That's the one that we've brought up many times, right? Yeah. It used to be called adult onset. Mm -hmm. And now it, it's become right. child onset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fatty liver disease was one that popped mm -hmm. out, which we were just talking about there. How about high blood pressure? Kids getting high yeah. blood pressure, hypertension. Sleep apnea is another one they say here that mm -hmm. kids uh, are getting now. It's more prevalent in children, uh, particularly those who are overweight right because that yeah. does contribute to it heart disease kids with heart disease i mean kids don't get heart disease what are you talking yeah, exactly <laughs> right celiac disease anxiety depression autoimmune diseases you know adult you know cancers that used to be only adults kids are getting so you know the question is i know this is a longer um answer than what we have time for today but yeah interesting topic it's like what is happening with these kids I, I said, there's more than one answer to that. Yeah. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is, is humans suck. I, 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 listen, this is what I, I, I have said this. go there, but I get why. You I'm do. the one that goes there. I always go there because that's the thing that that's the conclusion that I've come to. Mm -hmm. We suck uh, because there's uh, many of us, unless we're, we're all kind of guilty of wanting to have the next, you know, best thing and the, and the, the doodad and the, the, this, mm -hmm. you know, the, the thing that is going to make everything simple and easy and wonderful in life. Right. Uh, along with that, you know, comes with consequences, which we see all the time, the chemicals and the things that they're using, that they're coming up with that are magnificent, you know, inventions of, of, you know, science, you know, 20 years from now, are, we're going to find out, oh, giving us cancer. And there's a million examples that we can come up with uh, on this that we're finding out about now, mm -hmm. you know, which is the reason why 
you've said, and it's just it's probably the best advice you could give anybody, is that you've got to have some kind of detoxification going on in your life. Yeah. Because there's so much of human suckiness that we are surrounded by on mm-hmm. a daily basis that if you if you aren't doing something, at least take some selenium, you know? I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, again, here I am, right? I'm the selenium guy now. I love it. You know, it's I mean, great. seriously, I mean, yeah. it's a, start with that. You know, I mean, it's easy just, for selenium because we are, we're surrounded by this stuff. And these kids, uh, they're, they're unfortunately the, the collateral damage in, in, you know, scientific. Yeah. I think this is why you are urging me to start the detox dialogues. We're going to do it at, when you're ready. I'm not pushing yeah. you, but thank uh, you because it, we're doing the homeopathic hits pretty regularly. I got to figure out how to integrate the next phase of those things, but we got a whole other hour of broadcast healing heading into the weekend. Our guest uh, is going to be from Trinity School of Natural Health, uh, Cody Klein. Uh, Cody is a great kid. I call him a kid. He's a young kid, but he's an adult, too, uh, doing great work with, with Trinity. And he was at the Health Freedom Expo. So I'm looking forward to hearing from him and all kinds of other things we got to do in the second hour heading into the weekend at uh, the PatriotsUnitedWA.com event. And look forward to seeing you there for those that can make it. All the links are up in the show notes at RobertScottBell.com. Thanks again to April. And Gabby for being on board from Informed Choice, Iowa. Back after this, because the power to heal is yours. Welcome back. Hour two commences now as we head into the weekend right after this, heading up to the PatriotsUnitedWA.com, that event with Dr. Brian Artis, who we had on just yesterday. What an amazing, amazing uh, show that was. And I want to th- uh, say once again, thanks to uh, April and uh, what, what an hour with Gabby as well. Uh, last hour, boy, there's so much going on. I can hardly keep up with everything. Uh, Once again, I want to say thanks to those who support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. You know, Nutritional Frontiers, every month they have all kinds of specials with great products. Uh, I utilize the NRDMG every day. I've been utilizing their super creatine every day and putting on muscle and doing great. In fact, the champion, that was me. Last week, I might end up being the chow champion of the week with the help of that, plus Cardio Miracle. So, y'all check it out. All of those uh, banners are up at robertscadbell.com. You can tap into a uh, quick shout out once again from uh, my buddy, Bobri Oren. Bobri has done a uh, Herculean efforts and job to bring this folium, these folium products to us here in America, Chernobyl level antioxidants, counteracting heavy metals, ionizing radiation and all kinds of things. And you go to foliumpx.com, get the folium original, the folium immuno, the folium relax. And this is the stuff that got my mom back on the dance floor at age 89. So if it can help her, what do you think it could do for you to break through that ceiling in your healing? Uh, foliumpx.com rsb10 uh, discount to- code 10% off uh, we've got uh, oh this hour Cody Klein scheduled that you know the name Klein Julie Whitman Klein maybe you've heard from the Health Freedom Expo and Trinity School of Natural Health well Cody is her son and uh, he's the featured uh, guest spotlight of a Trinity graduate doing great work out there and he was also helping out tremendously at the Health Freedom Expo over this last weekend. Boy, boy, I can't believe that was just like a blink. It was gone. It was so fast. And I can't wait till we do it again. But in the meantime, we'll also have the 
um, virtual expo in February of 2024. I think it's like 35 bucks. It's well worth it because you'll have access to everything we did at the Health Freedom Expo in 2023. Plus, there'll be some bonus material. And usually we do an extra uh, panel discussion as well. There you are, Super Don. How are you, my brother? You you have uh, adopted the moniker uh, as well. Of apparently, RSB. I'm RSB. Yeah, welcome, How'd RSB and RSB. Here, let me let me fix this. It's the two RSBs so, on the Robert Capel Show. Wait a second. You know, I got to take this off. I'm getting a little warm. There we go. Ugh, see if I can do this. Get that off here, and away with you, jacket. All right. What else we got to do this hour? Um, any other announcements? There's so much going on every day at. I'm like, I, 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 I know, trying to keep up, right? <laughs> and I know you are too. So, um, a labor we, of love. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes. is. Well, how about this? How about this? Okay. Um, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I do some shopping at Walmart. It's very convenient. And they it's have Walmart. a They have a service yeah. called mm-hmm. Walmart Plus where you can actually go, you go on the app. Yeah. And you can say, I, I need uh, this, 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 like that. And, you know, they charge a monthly fee, but then they actually deliver it to your house and drop it right on your doorstep. And so, you know, for me, because I'm so busy all the time, it's very convenient because I can go, okay, so for tonight for dinner, I want to do this, this, and this, whatever. And they just bring it and they drop it on the, on the doorstep. And I just go out there and grab the stuff and I don't have to get in the car and drive. Is it like, do they have like Walmart trucks like Amazon does? No, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a, like a DoorDash kind of a thing where people, oh. it's like people they in their cars, you know, I don't know how, what the arrangement is, but it, they just deliver it to, to your house. So, That'd you know, I, I've used this before and uh, it's very convenient. And, and, you know, listen, we buy stuff. Not everybody's a big fan of Amazon. I get it. Yeah. But I, I have bought stuff from Amazon and it's a kind of the same thing, right? You order it and stuff and then they drive and miraculously appears. Yeah. Well, use it while you can boys and girls. I don't know what's going to happen, but for now, uh, if you don't get your drugs fast enough, Amazon's going to help you with that, too. They're going to be airdropping pharmaceutical drugs approved by the Fear of Death Administration uh, it, it very soon, coming to a doorstep near you. And I not, love this. Not I love Uber this for drivers, but drones. This paragraph. Yeah, by drones. And that's that's the, the thing. They're apparently going to be testing drones. I love the first paragraph. Amazon will soon make prescription drugs fall from the sky. Wow. When the e-commerce giant becomes the latest company to test drone deliveries for medications. And apparently the way they're doing this, they're, they're going to be testing this in uh, Texas. Uh, you can get your prescription delivered by a drone within an hour of placing your order. Wow. And here I am, Super Don, all these years trying to convert the United States of drug America back to the United States of America. And look (laughs) at who's working against me. Amazon, of all places. And the dropping of drugs from the sky. It doesn't get any easier than that. Why don't you just open your mouth, look up and let them just drop it, drop it right in your mouth. Well, that's the next. That that may be the next thing. Maybe the next thing they're doing. You have pictures of drones in that thing that they're using. There's uh, wow, this is actually very interesting looking look at that wow That's photo a, provided by amazon shows drone delivering prescription drugs in college station texas so they're already doing this yep and, and it literally it looks like i i guess it would just fly right up to your house mm-hmm. and uh drop it right on the porch like a ups driver or something i guess well why not just program an intravenous delivery system where you wear all the drugs externally connected to some kind of chip and they just kind of program Dude, it to release now robert you, you yeah are you are you trying to find are you trying to come up with something that's really far-fetched 
uh, and, and crazy sounding? Or are you actually bringing up something that, that's already uh, in, in development? I have read about this particular mm-hmm. thing where they, they can embed a chip in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it literally is programmed to release. disperse things yeah. and release things uh, remotely. Well, if they can genetically engineer these drugs, which is where a lot of this has gone, as we talk about mRNA technology, they can probably have the so-called building blocks, the genetic DNA building blocks ready to go based on the information that you send to the chip through 5G. I, I, I know this sounds crazy or it used to sound crazy. Now it doesn't, because to your point, they're analyzing and investigating this, making drug delivery systems better, more efficient, faster and all of that. And in tying it into digital uh, or biometric identifiers and or cell phone technology, all of this stuff. If we go down that road, you know, transhumanism will look human compared to, to what they're trying to do here. So clearly, I'm not a big fan of what they're doing here. I get the convenience of like the food on your doorstep. We we live busy lives now, but at the same time, Super Don, you can't be criti- criticized too heavily because you are growing your own food too. You have taken that step. So it's not a, oh my gosh, he's just not doing anything. That's not the point of bringing this up, but where it inevitably will go if we don't put a stop to it yeah. is that delivery system that won't require drones. It'll just be a 5G or other signal to something they're forcing you to wear in order to have freedom in a smart city with a digital identifier, a digital ID, you know, tied into the technology that you become so accustomed to, to utilizing. So, um, yeah, I wish this was just sci-fi talk, crazy talk, but it's not. It is not. And I don't think that you can put, you know, this is one of those things. I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle on something like this. Because well, what, I mean, it's, it's, we've had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you that it's eventually will lead and can lead to something that is negative. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were if we were covering a story of um, Trader Joe's is has started a new organic produce delivery system mm-hmm. um, that will drop or, you know, it, we probably would be kind of like, oh, that's pretty cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case. Yeah. I mean, we look at it and go, I think you can connect the dots uh, re- regardless um, yeah. that. Yeah. At some point, can this be something negative? It can. But it's not like you're going to be able to stop it, because what is it that everybody once, right? I mean, the general public, right? Convenience. Yeah, everything, ease, right? everything. And what yeah. is it that is killing us? That laziness associated the with the convenience, you, you know, yeah. whether it's it's the 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 the, the materials that they make the stuff out of, mm. you know, or the lack of, you know, literally. There, there was I'm going to show we're going to show our age right now in this discussion. Okay. Back when we were kids, you know, to go out to a restaurant or even a fast food restaurant was a big deal. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a I treat. Mean, it wasn't something you did regularly. It was now, a treat that you did. It was every a once big while. deal. It yeah. was a treat. And now we become the you know society that doesn't prepare food, much less know where it comes from. And uh, you know, every day, every meal is something that comes to us or we go to. And you know, my upbringing, of course, we did start doing fast food as a kid. That was a, a more regular phenomenon than not relative to previous generations already. And I suffered because of it. You know, my canary in the coal mine body didn't take well to it, but we didn't know because I was raised by doctors, not you know, organic farmers, for instance. Mm. And so I, I look at going organic at the age of 24, which I did. And that's almost 30 years ago now. 
if I do the math correct, 1990, yes, 1990 to 2020, almost 2024. So, um, wow, that's a long time, isn't it? A lot of decades now that I've didn't done that. So my ability to go out to eat to restaurants is still severely limited. Now, there's been a change over time where, you know, I find these organic farm to table places and things that are happening. So it's a very special treat. But when I'm at a restaurant, Super Don, mm-hmm. I am so appreciative that I can eat at a restaurant, that there is one right. here or one there. So so for yeah. me, it's still treated like a delicacy. When we go out as a family or my wife and I go out, we found a very few places we can go to eat clean food. Right. And so it still is that in our culture where it used to be like that, where you went out, it was a very special treat. You're very appreciative that you could go out and have now people have gotten and taken it for granted so much so that it's not even going out. It's like, have it delivered. And so we're so far removed from food production, much less preparation and all the things that go into that, that I think many of these people that are relying on drug deliveries from the sky, and I'm not predicting it because I like to say this, but they're not going to survive an economic downturn or, or severe curtailing of uh, supply chain, for instance, they're, they're not prepared. They're not schooled or skilled in it at all. And if you have to learn about it when you're dead hungry, as I, as I said, it's going to be too late. And that's what we talk about with Marjorie Wildcraft, go to rsbfood.com, learn about how you can do this right now, not when it's too late before it's too late. So I throw that out there to yes. age us a little bit in terms of how we used to go out to eat. It was a big, treat as opposed to it is to true yeah. yeah it is it is 100 true and like you said now it's it's just a regular thing either you do that or but you know listen there's there's another side to the coin too yeah go ahead uh, because i've talked about how you know just because my schedule is so crazy yes uh i i will i i'm not currently but i have in the past subscribed to these services where they take these organic farm-to-table meals yeah that they prepare and put together for you and then they ship them to you mm-hmm. and then all you have to do is just heat it up and eat it right so say what you will mm-hmm. <laughs> i you know you know me i've always got to find the exception to the rule but yes to me it's like if you have a very busy schedule if you go to the uh to through to the you know put in the effort to do the research and find something that will make your life more convenient but at the same time not poison you Yes. Then you're then maybe maybe that's not so bad, right? Well, I'll take it. I, I get it. And okay. and think about it. You know, the, both you and your wife have to work. I mean, I wish we were big enough to where she didn't have to. If she didn't want to. You know, it's not, I'm not saying, oh, I hate that women work. I'm not. Look, if you want to work, go ahead. But a yeah. lot of this is because we have to pay the price of government and inflation just to try to keep ahead. And right. so that means one spouse or another is not able to do certain things like, hey, let's get the meal prepared. At the end of the day, you know, when whatever you everybody's working. So it, it lends itself to this is a very difficult proposition to actually do the things I think are ideal in terms of food preparation and all of that. So I am not dissing on anybody that's using these things. I'm just putting a perspective out there in a, a consideration in, a, in a terms of an economic downturn or supply chain corruption or disruption uh, over time that you might not be ready or repaired for what's happening. And I, and I don't want to see that happen to those of you here in this audience, and you're probably more aware of this anyway. It's I'm not saying anything new. Now, one of the things we're going to be doing and we're in the process of doing is something to correct everything that's the umbrella statement of long COVID or what this catch all phrase of long COVID. People are suffering with chronic ailments, illnesses, turbo cancers, anything else that they're calling it. 
And uh, I want to spend time with a number of folks, even and especially some of the folks I interviewed yesterday, you know, the crew from Healing for the Ages, but more than that, and talk about these things and get this out to you. And I, and I have to do it beyond our show. We just never have enough time in the show. And you have brought to my attention uh, um, an article and it's headlined, this writes to long COVID apparently, serotonin levels are depleted in long COVID patients, a study says, pointing to a potential cause of brain fog. And we can go, you know, lack of sleep, any number of things that can happen here. And I'm not meaning to isolate and say it's all about serotonin and there's nothing, but it's just another clue to another aspect of function, uh, you know, form and function in the body that has been corrupted due to what they're now calling long COVID. And so uh, if we talk about uh, serotonin, you know, these are, uh, you know, normal molecules, hormones, different things that are produced. And if they are somehow impeded in their production or even if they're there and they're blocked from their uh, you know receptors, wherever they needed, that's going to corrupt a lot of things, including clarity. You know, if we talk about brain fog, lack of sleep, lack of recovery, all of these things. So as they're struggling now in the scientific community and there's a lot of studies going on, they're going to keep finding this and this and this and serotonin. And it's like. Um, you know, and then we'll jump on one thing or another. You know, it's just the nature of of, of humans. Uh, oh, it's all serotonin. I'm just saying, no, no, don't don't fall for that. There are significant and important things, but even that uh, may be kind of sending us off on a goose chase. If you're just going to say, well, we'll take something that replaces or replenishes serotonin and not ignore, well, ignore all the other things that are contributing to that serotonin issue. Uh, but it is a very real issue and many people are suffering and we want to help and we're going to be digging deep into it in the coming weeks to reveal and release some great stuff for you. Just a quick uh, summary of mm. what they found in this study that they did. Yeah. Um, this was out of University of Pennsylvania and the research found that long COVID. Now, this is interesting because what they're saying is, is, is not that uh, low serotonin is causing long COVID. What they're saying mm. is that the long COVID whatever is causing it mm. is depleting what they say is peripheral serotonin. Mm -hmm. And they saying this is this, uh, the depletion of the serotonin impairs memory, which is yeah. one of the things from long COVID brain fog, right. Mm -hmm. And other brain functions. They also say that the, the depletion of serotonin is not just limited to neurocognitive effects, mm -hmm. but it's also linked to excessive blood clotting yeah. and autonomic dysfunction. So, what would we determine? What, what is the question still that has not been answered here? Yeah. What's well, causing what, the long COVID, right? Correct. They're showing correct. a symptom yeah. of long COVID, mm -hmm. but not necessarily uh, what is causing. Yeah, very astute. Once again, Super Don, yeah. the uh, blood clotting issue, we've talked a lot about mineral deficiencies, including copper, uh, as well as uh, it, it also says low serotonin levels weaken vagus nerve signaling. You want to help the vagus nerve? Do something Super Don won't do. A coffee enema. Oh, whatever. There's, there I'm are just, other ways to, 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 the, you know, the, the Vegas I'm nerve thing is, it's a big, why? There's, there's I'm more than one the, way though. There's, 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 that's I'm just, just given the way you won't, you just are so stubborn. You won't do. Joni Abbott says you should do one. So I, I stand behind her. She does. Not so. while she's doing one, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, all right. Yes. So what they're yeah. saying is, is, is the reason why this is significant is because mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. The infamous they yeah. are attempting to try and find out what it is that is causing the long COVID. And, and we're so going to go into that. We they're will. one step closer in this mm -hmm. research mm -hmm. because they're finding, okay, serotonin depletion. Yeah. So now you need to find out what could cause your serotonin to do, be depleted. And that's something we'll be exploring as we get to that, uh, you know, behind the scenes preparation. I'm just 
planting some seeds and teasing you what's coming. All right. What's coming right now is a homeopathic hit of the day. And yeah, we missed it yesterday. We were too crowded. But today we're going to squeeze one in before we got uh, Cody Klein from Trinity School of Natural Health joining us in a moment. What is it? Let's find out. all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the robert scott bell show well today's homeopathic hit is magnesium phosphorica some people say magnesium phosphoricum but whatever it's also you say magfos magfos the shortcut i kind of hinted at that yesterday you must be part millennial yeah, everything. Shortcut it, shortcut it. Look, it's normal for us to shortcut homeopathic remedies, though, because they're long Latin names into the shorter version. So many people do know of magnesia phosphorica as MAGFOS, the remedy for muscle cramps and nervous tension. So welcome back. Homeopathic hits happening on the Robert Scott Bell Show. This remedy for muscle cramps, nervous tension, and more. It's just a brief introduction, but it'll open you up to one possibility when dealing with some of the things we're going to reference here. Now, if we look at the origin of MAGFOS, it's derived from magnesium phosphate. And this is one of the easier ones to figure out when you think magnesium phosphorica. I wonder what it's related to, right? Some of the Latin names, you might go, what is that? This one's pretty direct. MAGFOS, magnesium, and phosphate. This is a mineral compound, and we utilize the serial dilution and succussion processes when it becomes water-soluble at a certain point to convert it into a safe homeopathic remedy. That doesn't cause any of the problems that you might read about, but can remedy them. Now, if we talk about a couple of key characteristics, we're focusing physical and mental initially here. MAGFOS is often used for conditions like muscle cramps, menstrual cramps, and neuralgias. Now, it, it kind of makes sense because you know magnesium, what role it plays as a mineral in the body. And so using it homeopathically in this way could have some similar interactions. And that's true. You'd be right. You'd be correct. When we talk about the mental body, individuals needing MAGFOS may also experience nervous tension, irritability, and restlessness. So it's sort of like an as above, so below. If your physical body is feeling that irritability, nervous tension, restlessness, it can be a mental uh, sensation as well. And MAGFOS can work in both areas. So mental, emotional, physical, that's the beauty of homeopathy. And there's much more to it when you open up a Materia Medica than what we're giving here. But that's it. Trying to pique your interest to open that book and study a remedy that resonates with you. So primary uses, we come back to muscle cramps. Effective for dealing with muscle cramps, particularly in the legs and abdomen, often relieved by warmth and pressure. So sometimes you'll see a remedy that's good for muscle cramps and it'll have you know, oh, it's uh, relieved in cooler weather, you know. So these are the things that could be distinct for you to say, well, MAGFOS seems indicated or not, right? There's always subtleties to it, and that becomes so confusing and overwhelming, and I don't want you to be confused or overwhelmed. That's why we're doing the homeopathic quick hits. Nervous tension. MAGFOS used for nervous tension and irritability, particularly when an individual feels restless or agitated, much like their legs when they're spasming. <laughs> yes, you'll feel a little bit agitated when that goes on. So when we go into dosages and potencies, remember, the right remedy is more important than the right potency. Nobody could clearly define the right potency. I know some homeopaths will get mad at me for saying it, but I have to say it. A lower potency or attenuation, 6X to 30C, suitable for more acute conditions, but you can treat chronically in low potencies more regularly. Mild muscle cramps, nervous tension. When you go into the medium or high potencies, 200C to 1M, you can be talking serious, debilitating, chronic muscle cramps, severe nervous tension, et cetera, going deep, deep, deep. And I would urge you to consult with a qualified homeopath or become one. 
uh, for the correct remedy and dosage when you need to go there. Now, we always throw in a few complementary remedies. Those are somewhat related and could be if you look at MAGFOS and you think, well, it's not exactly right. Maybe it's CalcFOS, Calcarea phosphorica, often used after MAGFOS for lingering symptoms of muscle cramps. Another remedy that keeps coming back as an adjunct is Ignatia, Ignatia, which you know for mourning, but it complements MAGFOS in treating nervous tension, especially when there is a history of emotional stress or a temporary scenario where you ha- are at a loss because something you love has been you know, taken from you. Uh, and Ignatia can play a role there. I add here one of my favorites, Cuprum Metallicum. Cuprum Metallicum is the Latin name for copper. And it's additional help for muscle spasms and cramps, especially of the lower leg. Remember, cuprum is also indicated for varicose veins. And, of course, magnesium can be helpful for blood pressure and other things. So MAGFOS is more than just what we've referenced it. And these are adjunct support remedies when needed. And you could dig into any of them and learn more. So MAGFOS, generally safe as a homeopathic remedy, but please avoid self-prescribing for chronic or severe conditions. If symptoms worsen or persist, please consult a homeopathic professional or a doctor of your choice. As we conclude this, MAGFOS is another versatile homeopathic remedy, going back, muscle cramps, nervous tension, and more. So keep tuning in to the Robert Scott Bell Show for more enlightening drives and dives into the world of homeopathy with our homeopathic hit segment. Remember, it's not intended to replace the doctor of your choice or non-doctor of your choice. It's providing information and education so you can make better decisions about how you want to care for yourself, your family, your loved ones, etc. So thanks for bearing with me through MAGFOS. I think you're a little less irritable now. It's my sense about it anyway. Uh, We got something great coming up now. In addition to the homeopathic hits, we got the Health Freedom Expo hits that keep on happening and hitting in a great way. We were just at the Health Freedom Expo, which is put on by Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. And I I love meeting everybody that says, yeah, I found out about Trinity through you. I'm taking coursework. I've graduated. People went to the Trinity Live. And one of those folks that did it is the son of Julie Whitman Klein. Cody Klein, and he joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Cody! Hey, hey, Robert! It's good to see you, buddy. It was so great to see you at the Health Freedom Expo. You were busy. You were helping out a lot behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and everything. And uh, I guess I hadn't realized you were actually taking coursework and graduating from some of the courses of Trinity as well. Yeah, so I'm really excited. So the first program that I completed this year was the Wellness Business Essentials Program, and that was written by Deborah Muth. It's an eight-week program, and I think it has vital information, whether it's somebody just brand new into the natural health sphere and looking to figure out how to create a structure in order to create a business or just veterans in the industry just to figure out additional ways to market their company to continue to connect with the customers. Well, and this is one of the things I've highlighted and spotlighted with Trinity over the years we've been together and on the air is that this isn't just about self-indulgence in a program that you can't use when you're done. I wanted to show people that you can actually put that, put everything to work and not only be better for it because you're going to learn stuff, but you're better for your community to help others in need as well, including the ability to take that information and apply it in a real business setting so that you can make a living doing what you have a passion for. And many of 
many of us have a passion for health and healing and you you've grown up in it cody did you ever like run away say mom i don't want to have anything to do with this or were you always kind of going this is cool what you're doing mom and of course dad and and everything that you've uh, grown up with yeah no i've always really enjoyed natural health um my grandfather wendell whitman was actually the founder of natural health and I traveled with them very early on at the expos, participating in various roles. And I currently serve as the executive assistant to my mother, who is now the current president of Trinity School of Natural Health. So that is so I, awesome seeing you grow up and 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 taking on these roles and responsibilities. I, I love that. Uh, and and it sounds like you didn't rebel. This is something, again, going back to your grandpa, Wendell Whitman, who I knew as well. Amazing, amazing man who uh, will always live on uh, in our hearts and, and with gratitude because of his stance in defense of health freedom as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I had uh, the privilege of being with him for 12 years. So really got to see the foundations and continue just to see the day to day uh, operations and really been excited as I continue to grow and continue to be more involved at Trinity. And you're also currently taking the CNHP, the Certified Natural Health Professional Program. Did you participate in the Trinity Live event, which is for the first time tied into the Health Freedom Expo? No. So at this point, I didn't serve as a student. I continue to work behind the scenes at Trinity Live. But yeah, I'm about halfway through the Certified Traditional Natural Health Professional Program here at Trinity. I think it's an exceptional program. It's been a cornerstone for Trinity uh, for a while now. And I've learned just from the aspect of just kind of the history of natural health, understanding mm -hmm. pH um, and understanding the alkalinity and things like that. So I've really enjoyed everything. Um, this week, I'm actually working on creating an emergency uh, plan just for myself. Um, so it is valuable knowledge that you can really put into play at any point in your life so yeah it's fantastic now i saw how hard you were working at the event i'm just kind of bummed for you because you might not have been able to actually attend and sit down and listen to any of the lectures because there were some awesome presentations this weekend uh, do you have a sneak preview to the the uh, uh virtual one we're going to do in february where everything we did just now is going to be accessible online yeah, so anybody that wasn't able to attend the live expo, we love giving the opportunity for you to, for the people that came to the event and just listen to either uh, speakers that were going on at the same time. So that will actually be kicking off on February 17th and 18th. And you can visit and register for that event at www.trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And the virtual expo is February 17th and 18th. And you have three months access to continue to rewatch mm -hmm. and really continue to get more information and listen to new speakers or some of your favorite speakers that were at the live event. Yeah, there's the link. Super Don is showing up on the screen for those of you watching live. If you're if it's later, as, as Cody said, just go to uh, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Uh, my friend Brian Artis was there for the first time. He had a great time. People really loved and enjoyed him. Um, so many other folks, uh, Brian Hooker, Todd Frisch, Jonathan Emord as always, Jeffrey Smith, my buddy. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Paul Baratero with the Hydrogen Water. Joni Abbott was there. Diane Miller. Good Lord, it was an amazing crew, as it always is. And again, seeing you grow up in it and take on even bigger roles, I'm just so impressed. 
and so the CNHP program, as a young person, uh, it was it intimidating. Is it intimidating for you? How are you feeling? Do you have the support you need? Obviously, you're there, but uh, you know, as far as navigating the coursework to get through the CNHP, it's a serious course. It's very, very comprehensive. Yeah, no. So I'm really excited. And uh, like Robert mentioned, uh, I am young, but I'm ambitious and absolutely love it. And Trinity has a wonderful team surrounded by you. We have student services that is available that you can call. We have a chat feature um, and enrollment specialists that are just able to answer any of your questions or concerns that you have. Uh, we love the opportunity and seeing what these programs can do to transform uh, the lives and the family members impacted by this program. Mm-hmm. Cody, what about, uh, you know, hanging out with folks that you're are you're in your age group, you know, coming out of school and in the community you've been living at for a long time. Uh, do you find that people your age are are interested at all in the things that you know we learn about at, at trinity or is there more engagement with you or are you the oddball right like we all are at some point in our <laughs> lives because we're like the natural one how's it going where you are uh yeah i would say that i'm probably kind of more on the outside of things uh, a lot of people still just uh focus on the western medicine but it does really um allow me the opportunity to firsthand give them the experience of what I'm learning at Trinity and really just show them the impact that this can have Mm -hmm. and just natural remedies we can use. Have you ever gone back like to your high school and said, Hey, can I come back and talk to the students about a career in natural health? That might not be what you've learned about. Like if everybody thinks, Oh, you have to be a medical doctor. That's the only way you can do it or a nurse. I think that would be kind of cool to have you as someone that's not too far removed from that age group to go in and go, look what I'm doing. This is awesome. And you guys maybe didn't know that this was a possibility. Yeah, no, um, I currently haven't thought of that, but I think that that is a great example of another opportunity that I can just continue to plug what Trinity School of Natural Health is teaching and really just give them options and information on how they continue to live a healthier life. Do you remember back in the day? I know it's not that long in high school that we had career days where people from professions would come and, you know, we'd go into like the gym and there'd be little displays and different things to kind of give young people an idea of like, here's some things you could do when you go out, whether it's college or don't go to college. I was just thinking it just, as I'm talking to you, I'm done. It's like, wow, Trinity could reach right into the high schools and start saying, Hey, there's a, a, another career path you never knew. And maybe many of the teachers and faculty didn't know about it. Yeah, no. So um, here in Warsaw, where we Trinity school of natural health is headquartered, we're a very small community. Um, and I went to a small private school, and would just really love the opportunity now that I'm really um, enrooting myself in natural health and give them the opportunity to see additional um, life opportunities through natural mm-hmm. health that doesn't have to be a traditional um, go to college in, in order to establish a career. There are many options. I think if your mom's listening, we might have a new outreach program developing here, Cody. I put more on your plate. I'm so sorry. Hey, that is absolutely all right. I I love being able to continue the family tradition um, that my grandfather has started. So I love that. Now, how's your Spanish? Are you good at Spanish? 
Yeah, no, unfortunately, I do not speak uh, Spanish yet, but um, we are excited. This month, we just launched the Spanish division here at Trinity. We have a wonderful staff. So on October 2nd, we had our first start for the Certified Health Coach Program, which mm -hmm. is the prerequisite to the Certified Traditional Naturopath. And if that's something that you would be interested in, we have the next open enrollment, November 27th, and then Certified Natural Health Professional, the Spanish will be offered in February. So we have, we're always having opportunities for open enrollment. So that way we can really just adjust and accommodate to everyone's schedule. This is so cool. Uh, CNHP for the Hispanic community. I mean, that community has been so underserved in terms of natural health. And uh, I'm just thrilled that this is happening, not only from a health coach, but all the way up to CNHP. Uh, so this is really, really good news that that's being made available. Uh, as you said, the certified health coach starting November 27th, and then the uh, Spanish certified natural health professional CNHP course starting in February of 2024. And there's a link we have. It's Spanish.TrinitySchool.org. Spanish.TrinitySchool.org. We'll get you there for more details. So if you know any folks that uh, are speaking Spanish more uh, fluently than English, and they want to serve their community, this is a new opportunity that we didn't have. I know we've been talking about it, but uh, it's kicking into gear now. Yeah, so we, we've been working on this for a while, and we are really excited. We have a wonderful team um, of enrollment specialists and instructors that can help guide you on the journey, just like the English version. So we are really excited to um, provide this opportunity for the others cool now at the trinity live conference there's apparently there was 97 students and graduates that showed up this year and it was the first time it was combined right with the, the health freedom expo and uh, there was a student and alumni dinner as well and i'm looking at uh, the the numbers about 800 people uh were at the trinity health freedom expo so if you guys missed it you missed out on meeting a whole lot of new folks and, and making new friends and family there uh dr artist was really well received as well and uh, we did the health freedom uh, panel that I uh, helped to uh, kind of mod moderate. And then Jeffrey Smith, my buddy, convinced your mom to, to let me sit on the panel instead of being the moderator. And he moderated an excellent CAM panel, complimentary alternative medicine panel. You guys, if you missed it, you're going to want to get the virtual expo just to see that. But there's a lot more than that as well. Uh, let me see. Look at how many people over the last year have we had come through Trinity. One yeah, look at this number. One thousand one hundred and fifty new students joined the Trinity family in 2023. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah, no, we are really excited to continue to keep growing the numbers year over year. And we are always continuing to evaluate the programs that we offer and looking for additional programs that we can offer. So uh, last year we launched the biblical health coach program so it gives you a spiritual perspective uh, we have a fitness program and the wellness business essentials program in order to once you complete your certified traditional natural health practitioner program that you can really just have those goals and really just communicate with other individuals uh, in the same spot as in their lives mm -hmm. to just yeah continue to help serve their communities 
cool. Now, do you have to go to some of these events across the year that are not like health freedom expos, but where Trinity would exhibit and, and like hit, hit certain natural health type conferences where people might learn about, Hey, Trinity, I want to go there. Do you ever have to go there to those events as well? Yeah. So uh, just two weeks ago, before we had the health freedom expo, we were out there in Pennsylvania at Expo East. So that was a fantastic event. We saw a couple of our graduates and it's always so exciting to just know that we're here and continuing to find avenues in order to reach the community and folks interested in natural health and looking to take that next step in their journey. Well, that reminds me, we we do have a lot of folks in the natural products and health food store industry, especially the backbone, the mom and pop stores that are still out there. And many of them have availed themselves of the Trinity uh, curricula. Uh, but if you are in a health food store and natural product setting and you want to expand your knowledge and ability to help those that are coming to you for help, please consider, if you haven't already, becoming a student of Trinity School from health coach all the way up to CNHP and everything in between, more of a traditional naturopathic uh, education as opposed to what I described even in my lecture a distinct difference of allopathic naturopathy, which is like basically you get out and you get a license and you can prescribe drugs and give shots. This is not what we do as traditional naturopaths. We're working with body, mind, spirit. Uh, We're working with nutrition. As you point out, learning about various uh, aspects of the body and body chemistry, when the pH is off, what to do uh, that don't involve prescribing any toxic poisons as well. Yeah. So uh, once again, just targeting things that I've learned through the Certified Traditional Natural House program. Um, There, even at Trinity Live, we had a wonderful lecture by Sally Banks, one of our instructors, just Mm -hmm. about Bach flowers and really just being able to connect with the emotions in your body and just how to help people through different stages of life and the emotions. It's a wonderful experience uh, to just have those Bach flower remedies, just another resource for people uh, to really just um, help themselves. Do you ever have to interact with uh, uh, students as an executive assistant to your mom with Trinity? I mean, what kind of outreach do you do in that regard? uh, Or is it all just helping mom out with the day to day? Yeah, so I, I primarily help mom with the day to day, but I also go with her when Trinity has boosts at various events throughout the year. Um, but yeah, interaction with the students, I don't I don't have as much. That's kind of more to the student services and the enrollment specialists that we have at Trinity. OK, well, finally, tell me about. Your, your business, you took the, the business uh, course as well. Um, we have it linked up in the show notes, uh, simplynatural.net, and it's spelled S-I-M-P-L-E-E, natural.net. And tell me what this is all about. When did you found, found it? What does it do? Yeah, no. So I, uh, I was really excited to launch my own natural health uh, product store. So it's been about a year now, and I'm a distributor for a couple of different products that I have offered. Um, Blood type charts are one of my most popular products. And that is just, it's specific to each blood type and shows the pH along with just the diet of what you should really um, avoid or things that would be beneficial um, for your blood type and just skincare products. So just various categories of products that I like using in my day-to-day life and that I think are applicable after learning uh, the foundations in the certified traditional 
uh, natural professional program. So you don't have to be old and gray like me to start a business in the natural health realm. No, nope. I, I, I think in today's society with uh, the internet, it is a wonderful tool um, that allows you to connect with people all different ages. And I think that's what's wonderful about Trinity being online. So uh, you're, you're supposed to say you're not so old or gray, Robert. Oh, <laughs> I forgot to read that note before I came <laughs> on. Sorry. Sorry, oh Robert. Gosh. Well, there goes the tip, buddy. Thanks a lot. Uh, no, I'm teasing, but again, so proud of you that uh, I, I believe that you could be a conduit for a lot of young people stepping into this arena, which we need more because uh, as many of us old folks that have been doing it for a long time, we need you to come in here and eventually replace us and, and build on this. And, uh, you know, so as I said, I've already given you more tasks than you thought you were going to have when you signed on to be a guest on the show today. Now you're going to be doing outreach to schools all over the country to let them know of a new career path for young people that will actually benefit them and they won't go into debt doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's another wonderful thing at Trinity. Um, we have payment plans available uh, and therefore the programs are structured in four week segments and you're able to pause at any time. Um, so Trinity, it's not you get started and then you can't stop. You can reach out to us at any time. And we understand that life happens. The instructors on a first um, on a personal experience are wonderful. You can reach out to them and communicate to them. And there is flexibility there. So don't feel like you have nobody there. The instructors are there. It is a wonderful experience inside the classroom, on the activities, participating with others, you know, in various stages of life um, and just how natural health has impacted their life, how they use it. It is it's been a great resource for me because I have found additional things that I can incorporate into my life that I hadn't thought of. So I absolutely love the experience uh, inside the platform, still communicating and we, Trinity is always here to help you and you can call at any time and we will help address any issues. Very cool. Cody Klein, you're rocking it, buddy. I'm so glad to see you there at the expo where I saw you. And of course, here on the Robert Scott Bell show for the, I think the officially the first time you've probably been in the background of some of the shots when I go live there at the event, but first time being a, an interviewed guest, you, you, you did it, you knocked it out of the park and now you got a lot more work to do. Well, Hey Robert, I really appreciate it. I was looking forward to this as this is my first experience at the Robert Scott Bell show, but I have always loved listening to the other people from Trinity along with the other topics that you discuss. Mm -hmm. And I really loved seeing you at the health freedom expo. And as somebody that's continuing to learn more and more about the natural health industry and how we can incorporate that, um, the health freedom expo is something that we are absolutely loving and it is the feedback that we get. It is, it's really inspiring. And we, we know that we're doing the right thing with providing uh, this event in order to help educate the individuals. And we are working already on next year, lining up wonderful speakers and exhibitors to just give everyone a wonderful experience. Yes. Great. Well, tell your mom, thanks. We love and appreciate her and tell her how intimidating I was for you and how horrible this experience was on the Robert's Gap Bell show. 
All right. Well, hey, I'll make sure to relay this message. (laughs) And next time you won't be so quick to agree when I say old and gray. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Cody Klein. God bless you, my brother. So good to see you. Check him. Check his website out. Simply natural, simply with two E's dot net. And of course, Trinity School of Natural Health and trinityschool.org and trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Transform your life, transform the world, enroll in a natural health education program right now. Thanks, Cody. Yep. Thank you, Robert. Take care. We'll see you soon. Uh, what a fun interview that was. I enjoy uh, seeing these young young folks grow up, and I've seen him grow up over the many years I've been plugging into the Health Freedom Expo and Trinity School. That was fun. Uh, I hope he doesn't tell his mom it was horrible. I, I don't think he will. Will he, Superdon? I think we'll be okay. <laughs> I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about. You, Your name tag <laughs> says not RSB today. What is that? RSB and not RSB. Yeah. Well, it's accurate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is. It opens up for a lot of possibilities, I guess. There you go. All right. Well, we've just got just a few minutes left here. Okay. How about we fit? Uh, how about a question of the day? Well, let's do it. Do we do that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Question of the day is coming from Mia. She says, hey, RSB, do you have any suggestions on whole house water filters? I know I need to make the investment for my family and have been making sure to have clean, safe water for drinking. But when I research full house systems, I never seem to know what's the safest process and the best bang for my buck. Mia. Well, I'll tell you, my buddy, Paul Baratero from Echo Technologies and Trinity graduate, Paul Baratero, is helping people plug into whole house filtration as well as point of use filtration and hydrogen technology. And he's got great deals on whole house units that are, are some are RO point of uh, point of use. Some are whole house filtration units that are very efficient. Uh, he's done a lot of homework over the years to provide for you the best available as well as the most reasonable prices. And these are some of the uh, Super Don is showing on screen now, some of the technology he has to make sure that you are cleaning up what's coming through your pipes before you drink it or bathe in it. And the pricing is very reasonable. And we always offer discounts when you use the code RSB uh, over at uh, Echo uh, to Echo H2O. Now, Here's, Don, here, you, we'll make it easy for you. Yes, please. Go to robertscottbell.com okay. and click on the banner on the right-hand side. Yes. And That's it. Echo and it, banner on the right-hand side of the there page. There is. There is. In fact, and I'll you'll even, see I'll it'll take you there. And yeah, I, let me just look at it now. It says, drink to your health. Better water leads to better health. Learn more. Echo. And it takes me right to echo echoh2o.com. Yeah, and right there. Uh, if it's hard to find, just click on it. And you can you get the discount code with RSB and uh, let them know that we sent you there. But again, yeah, they have whole house filtration units that are much more reasonable than some of the ones that are out on the market. And I think, in fact, they clean a lot more efficiently and comprehensively. Uh, for those of you who've had echo water at your sink, they have the uh, hydrogen production units. They even have, if you have a whole house filtration unit, you don't need necessarily extra filtration. So you can have what they call a, a hydrogen server, I think it's called, where you can save a lot. Yeah, the echo H2 server, which can be a lot less or echo RO tankless as well, which is another reasonable way to purify the water. And it's a tankless system. So you don't have any buildup. Sometimes you have bacterial and fungal buildup in the bladders that hold the RO water. And because it's tankless, you don't have that problem. So it's a much better system. And then if you want from the purified water to make echo water on the go, echo go. And that's a reasonable uh, way to get hydrogen in your system. 
And uh, there are discounts available, again, for you and the Robert Scabell Show audience. So, Mia, I hope that helps. If you just click on that, reach out. They've got support. They've got studies. If you want to learn more about it, it's very comprehensive, the site. Uh, and it's Echo H2O. And H is an H, the letter H. Two is the number two. And O is the letter O, not zero, just so you know, to find it. Not and, O. And, oh, right. No, not that. No. Uh, but we want to make sure you get the best deal possible. So tell them the Robert Scott Bell show sent you. So I think we had a few minutes left here to wrap up the week. What a week it's been. It feels like we've done 10 shows, even though Monday was an encore because I was traveling from the health freedom expo back home. Right. Uh, but now we're heading out again after the show and I'm um, just grateful for all that we've been able to do and bring to everybody uh, this week. It's been a whirlwind. So remind me. So you're going, where are you going to now this weekend? Well, got to go fly into Portland, uh, but then. Take oh, it's a, the the Northwest uh, the, thingamajig. Thingamajig, yeah. What, the, what from, you call it? It's PatriotsUnitedWA.com, yes. the Great Northwest Awakening. And I'll be there with Dr. Brian Artis, who was on the show yesterday, and a number of other folks. And there's a, Ryan Weaver is a country star, music star, and he's going to be playing a full concert that day or that evening as well. Uh, we have Lindsey Graham, the Patriot Barbie, Tim Young, uh, Bobby Sauce. I'm going to meet these many of these people for the first time, uh, but great lineup. And uh, it's October 21st. For those of you listening here on the 20th today, it's tomorrow, the, t- uh, the 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. at the Clark County Event Center near the Amphitheater on uh, Ridgefield, Washington. Again, just over the Columbia River from Portland, Oregon. And so I uh, look forward to seeing some of my uh, friends there and making some new friends as well uh, this weekend. So that's what's coming up. All right. And then the crowd goes wild and or they go deadly silent. We've got a lot to cover and a little time to cover it in. Uh, there are we got a long codes. way to go. Yeah. And a short time and to a get short there. time to get there. Everything we got. <laughs> there is also uh, for you, for you folks that like the homeopathic hits. And I haven't, have we had any complaints about the homeopathic hits? Anybody get, oh, stop no, that. not, one complaint. not one now, complaint. I've got nothing but, but just Good people stuff. loving, loving the heck out of it. And um, just recently, we had uh, uh, a request from a uh, supporter of the show mm-hmm. uh, that they all get put into one place because, you know, they, they're in the show notes every day. So, you know, I could be I could be mean and make you have to go to every show notes and, and download it. But uh, yeah. our, our buddy Dan uh, said, hey, you know, would you mind putting that like all of those together in one place under the more yeah. Uh, tab on the thing. I was like, ah, okay. You did that. You did and that. And so now you can go to the website and, you know, it's got all the, the tabs across the, the top and the last one mm-hmm. says more and it drops down a, a menu. Mm-hmm. You can click on homeopathic kits and they're all there. All How in cool one convenient that? place. And soon uh, we'll be starting a new, fe- a new feature uh, called the detox dialogues. Because mm-hmm. detoxification is pretty, it's kind of important. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to do it, and, and including one that I discovered the other day. If you remember, we were talking about this, and I'd asked you, have you ever heard of laughing yoga? <laughs> no, I have not. Laughing yoga. I'm like, hey, that's something I think I could get into that one. So uh, we're going to go hog wild. Yeah. Detox dialogue. And if it's something you're not an expert in, you're going to become educated in it because we're going to have to talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and if it's something that really maybe uh, requires somebody a little bit more well-versed in that particular uh, method or practice, 
yes. uh, then we might may, maybe we get a special guest on that might be you know be able to talk about that in particular. I don't know. Very cool. I like Why not? it. I like Why not? it a lot. All right. Hey, Super Don, do you think people will be upset or will they forgive me for n- not doing a bonus round or what we call the, you know, that extra time we get? On I, today's show? Yeah, I got to run out, catch a flight. Yeah, you know? well, exception to the rule. So okay? we will uh, we will gracefully bow out and uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us for the for actually uh, as, as much of the week as we could get this week. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah. We did a lot. Any plan for Sunday? You're going to get something figured out while you're up, up, up yeah, in the Northwest? Yeah, I've got, um, you suggested to me a replacement piece of equipment because remember last week it kind of crapped out and Joni brought the snowball and I, I, I got this equipment. Hopefully I'm going to test it and see if it works and then get a Sunday conversation with some or many more people than I know. Uh, so that's the plan. We'll be back live in studio Monday as well. So okay. don't you fret. We're not gone for long. And uh, thank you all for being with us and sharing the show. I will remind Don't you. Don't you worry. Quick. Never fear. But, Robin yeah. Hood will soon be here. <sighs> well, we have the AMA for our patron supporters, the 28th of October. That's a week from tomorrow, yes. Saturday, the 28th, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Lots of giveaways, including a, <clears throat> a very big gift from Nutritional Frontiers will be one of the prizes uh, if you win the trivia contest that Superdon throws out there. So a lot of good stuff that you get in addition to our growing community of new friends and family. So thank you all for being here. Uh, thanks for everybody for being on. It was great to have Cody on part of the family. Yes, and uh, thank you all for being here. The power. Thank you to heal. April and to yes, Gabby. April as well. Yes. Thank April, you. Yeah. Or power not, to heal not Amy. And April. Yours. Yes. All right. Let so, not your heart be troubled. And that's Sean Hannity. Oh, and mag magnesia phosphorica or magphos. And now, you know, the rest of the story. That's so original. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys later.